This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Saturday, May 14th. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and all our social channels, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. That's on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We love feedback, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's begin with the schedule release Thursday evening. The Jaguars will play three of the first four games on the road and four of the last six away from Jacksonville. They'll also face the entire AFC West this season and all the quarterbacks that come with those teams. Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott are also on the schedule this year. On Jags Drive Time Tuesday, Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton explained which quarterback matchup excites them most. What quarterback matchup will be the most notable this upcoming season? have lots of options. Perhaps a Dak Prescott with the Cowboys or a Derek Carr with the Raiders. Well, I'm ready because I cheated and I looked at the question beforehand. <laughs> so. That's not the point. Go on, John. Well, I'm going to go I think, a different direction in the spirit of the question. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. But, Shocking. Uh, no, uh, Shlan, thanks for the question. I'm going to do something different. <laughs> I'm going to say all the quarterbacks in the AFC South. And the reason I say that is you've got Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. I. Uh, Matt Ryan right. and Davis Mills. Uh, it's not an elite group. Well, and they are capable. I mean, now Ryan Tannehill has turned in. You know, Matt Ryan's played in a Super Bowl. Ryan Tannehill has uh, stabilized that uh, that franchise. When Derrick Henry was healthy, he was a he was a bear to deal with. But when we look at Trevor Lawrence and think of an ascending Trevor Lawrence, there is. Are a lot of people who believe he's the most talented quarterback in the division. How soon can he be the best quarterback in the division? Can he start winning these matchups? By the end of the season, are we looking at him and saying, you know what, he was the best quarterback in the division. That's why they competed. So I'm looking forward to see how he stands up against a group of quarterbacks that in theory at least, uh, I don't think he should be number four out of that bunch by the end of the season. I don't know where he'll rank. But he should start ascending in that, and I think that will be a key to how the season plays out. And you know what? I don't mind that answer. You know, I'm kind it's of proud a good of answer. Fine. I may just leave the show. I'll give it to you. I'll go with Justin Herbert, who I, you know, the Jaguars were interested in him a couple years ago, and he did not slide far enough for them. If if he had, they they might not have Trevor Lawrence at this moment because I don't know. I think they would. You're, you're talking about a big, strong guy. You really think they would have passed on Justin Herbert? No, you're no. saying if they drafted Justin Herbert, would they still have drafted Trevor Lawrence? No, they wouldn't. That's yes, what I'm saying. No, they'd be set at quarterback. Yeah, right. They would have been set at um, The guy is just, he's an absolute stud. I mean, he's a great, big, strong guy who can deliver the ball down the field. And the Chargers have built a team around him. He's got receivers. He's got offensive linemen. Um, I think that the Chargers could be good enough this year to win the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a fan of the kid when he was at Oregon, and I'm anxious to see him. In, in What you've got is... You know, two guys, if Trevor Lawrence is who we think he is and Justin Herbert continues to be who he has been, you've got, you know, you've got Ben Roethlisberger versus Peyton Manning, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got that marquee kind of matchup. Um, of course, you know, you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks because the AFC is loaded right now. But I think Trevor Lawrence has the name um, and Herbert obviously has the results so far. It, it could be a special matchup. Yeah, well, yeah Herbert's a guy, you, I'm sorry, Shlyn, mm-hmm. that you keep waiting, not keep waiting because he hadn't played in the league that long but has put up incredible numbers 
makes that team very competitive and yet hasn't quite gotten them to where you thought at the end of the season last year you thought they'd win that last game and get in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't quite gotten that. So I, I think nationally this is a big year for Herbert in that sense. They need to get to the playoffs in year three. And, it, and I'm not in any way calling him an underachiever in, in that sense. It's not that because he's not. I think he's really good. I would, you know, He's one of the two or three quarterbacks that I would want if I was starting a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is that thing. They haven't quite had that record. Uh, and with Mahomes doing it in his second year, yep. that's sort of the standard now. You want to get there as this guy. So I think it's a big year for Herbert. I love the kid. I think he's oh, I think he's, I think he's the, the guy. And, you know, the, look, they're, the they're playing in the shadow of the Rams, right, right? the Super Bowl champions in, in a huge market. And they – They've not. The Chargers have not been on national television in, in primetime games, but in that market with that quarterback, they're not far away from being a you know three four primetime game kind of team. Mm-hmm. So, I this is the litmus test. Do they get over that this year? And by the way, you know at some point you know Matt Stafford's going to retire and the Chargers are going to surpass the Rams because they've got that long term solution at quarterback. Yeah, you mean you can only keep up the roster of the Rams right and at some point for so long. At some point, it, guys start to retire, get yeah. old, get hurt, um, but that kid in LA gives the Rams a chance or the Chargers a chance to best the Rams and be the marquee team in the Rams own stadium mm-hmm. that'll be fun Jags drive time airs Tuesday at 10 a.m. on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars social media channels the full schedule and single game tickets available now at Jaguars.com slash tickets moving ahead to this weekend's rookie minicamp over 40 players participated, including draft picks, undrafted rookies, first-year players on the Jaguars roster currently, and tryout players. On Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday, Jags analyst Jeff Logman explained how rookie minicamp should feel. Rolling rookies up in here and uh, and expecting and wanting them to go completely full speed and wide open is insanity. For two reasons. One, the, the players need to acclimate to what your expectations are as coaches. Okay, these rookies have been preparing for the draft. They haven't been preparing for football practice in, in the National Football League. Okay, they've been doing the, the, the handshake and kiss babies tour since the draft, okay, celebrating. Okay, so I think you got to have, I think, a lot of common sense with the way you approach a rookie minicamp and that you're trying to assimilate these young players into, their, into your system and to teach them what the expectations are. Not immediately say, physically, you need to show us right now. That's crazy. Um, and then the other reason you have rookies that are drafted that you have huge investments in, okay, fully guaranteed contract, ton of upfront money. Okay. So you're bringing in the, the draft picks with, you know, Muma and Lloyd and all the other guys, Connor. And then you're also bringing in a lot of rookies on a tryout basis. So, okay. So you have to be a little bit smart there too. And that, okay, you've got a section of rookies that are trying to make an impression, they're drafted. They know that they're going to have an opportunity to earn the, the ability to be on this team. There's another segment of rookies that are have a little bit of a window and that they're given an opportunity to show what they can do over these couple days. So do you want to have that group that's trying to impress right now going 100 miles an hour with this group over here that's trying to impress but then also knows that they're going to be here for training camp? 
I don't want to have the two of these groups kind of mixing together. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you have guys that are a little out of control from the group that doesn't have a contract. Correct. That's here on a tryout basis. Trying to show something. That's trying to show something in a limited window. And I totally appreciate that and respect that. But you got to be careful. You have to limit, I think, the number of uh, group drills that you do. You do more of the individual work, and it's a lot of classroom stuff to see how the, the retention is. And uh, uh, But physically, it's, it's showing them the expectations. It's, it's getting them to, to work in the shape. I just remember when you go back and you mentioned Dante Fowler when he tore his ACL. This was a very tough, demanding practice that Dante Fowler was getting winded and his legs were getting tired. And I think that contributed to the ACL tear that he sustained in that practice because he wasn't conditioned where he needed to be. I truly believe that because I was watching him in practice going, this is not good, he's getting winded. Because he's going 100 miles an hour trying to impress. I'm a first-round pick. I want to show everybody why I'm a first-round pick. And, uh, And then one bad step. There it goes. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursday at 4 o'clock on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, and the Jags social channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Time to hear from the head coach. Doug Peterson met the media Friday ahead of the opening practice of 2022 rookie minicamp, and he had plenty to say about what to expect this weekend and the interactions so far with the veterans in the offseason program. You know, obviously we want to get out healthy, no injuries. Um... You know, we make a point of emphasis of that. We're trying to really also see what these guys can do. Um, you know, we want to challenge them in the classroom and then obviously take it to the to the practice field, you know, and, and let them really kind of showcase their talent. And, um, you know, uh, let, them, let them play fast, you know, protect each other out there on the, you know, and just learn, learn how we do things here um, are all things that I'm looking for uh, these next three days. Like, I think you were on the Rich Eisen show the other day and you said something about having Trevor start over from round zero, I guess. Could you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, you know, and it's really, it's really sort of, um, you know, kind of taking what he, he did last year and, and sort of building on it and almost like hitting the reset button just a little bit because this is the first time that we've had our chance to, to work with him, you know, and, and, uh, and really begin to, um, you know, Work on work on the details and the fundamentals and the, you know, um, how to be how to be a professional and, and you know the, his study habits and all those things that, that that come with being, you know, an NFL quarterback and, you know, the thing with with Trevor that that I really like is the fact that you know he played last year and and so this is not his rookie season but for us as coaches being the first time to get our hands on him you know and just putting him through maybe a different set of drills, something he's, you know, uh, hasn't been used to uh, in his past and, and really developing his talent and, and allowing him to kind of showcase that on the field is, is sort of what what I was alluding to the other day. So it's more of this is what we want as opposed to we have to just absolutely treat him. Like yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 you know, teaching him exactly what we're asking of him uh, within our system and, uh, and then letting him, you know, grow from there. Do you see evidence of him having played last year? Any questions that he asked you? Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, he, he's so uh, engaging right now. Um, the, the communication is, is, uh, is pretty incredible. Uh, the things that he sees on the football field and, and even, even 
from the standpoint of, you know, hey, I like this play. This is what we did last year. I like this play. I like this concept. Is there a way that we can incorporate this in our offense? And so those are the, those, that's the dialogue that's going on right now. And this is the time to really, I think, embrace that and uh, get it into our system now. This isn't a full go kind of opportunity, but for those tryout guys, what does the tryout guy have to do to impress you to maybe earn a spot on the roster? I think, you know, um, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to come away, and, and when we start next Monday, obviously we'll be a full squad at, at 90. And, and for someone to catch our eye and to say, hey, you know, we're always looking to, to develop our roster, right, and to add talent and value to our roster. And, and, and if, if someone catches our eye that way and, and you know, you want to make a move, you make a move. Um, and it's not out of the question for a, for a tryout guy to do that, you know, only even if it is three days, you know, to do that. And, and um, you know, to be able to give that guy an opportunity. Is there something specific that you kind of look for from those guys? I mean, since these aren't, you know, full-on drills where you can really see what they can do, is it, I mean, how guys transition, how they interact with coaches, anything like that? I think that's all part of it, um, you know, but, but really I think how, you know, how, how professional they might be, you know, uh, in these next three days. And, and, you know, and again, as you guys know, you're de always developing and turning over the bottom you know, third of your roster. Um, now, through training camp, you know, even during the regular season, you're, you're constantly moving guys, and and uh, it would take something, you know, pretty special for that to happen at this at this point. How do you end up with Jimmy Smith the third? How does that come about? And is there is that a little bit of an ode to, you know, to the history here? Yeah. Well, yeah, it is a little bit, you know, and, and obviously, you know, something that I've sort of adopted philosophically or whatever is. You know, former players or even staff members, coaches that, that have. I have a son that's you know obviously NFL uh, player, and um, you know, and, and the, just the respect factor of, of that. And, and you know, obviously Jimmy is a, was a tremendous athlete and player, and played here, and, and his son's a, a, a talented player as well. And and um, you know, so it was a good fit. You know, obviously to, to do that and extend extend that to him, and and really to see him now. Uh, you know, in our system, and, and see where he can see where he can grow. Did you consider letting him wear eighty two? Uh, no. The full press conference available on Jaguars.com. Another busy week ahead at Daly's Place. Two nights of the Lumineers, May 17th and 18th. That's Tuesday and Wednesday. Sting, Friday, May 20th. Chicago, Sunday, May 22nd. Tickets and information at Daly'sPlace.com. Hear from rookies Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Luke Fortner, and Chad Muma. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week Interview Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as single-game tickets are on sale now for the two preseason home games against the Browns and Steelers and, of course, the regular season home games in Jacksonville against the Colts, Texans, Giants, Raiders, Ravens, Cowboys, and Titans. Lock in your seats. Visit jaguars.com tickets or call 904-633-2000.
Let's hear from some of the rookies after their first practices with the Jaguars organization. Starting with first overall pick Trayvon Walker. He is officially playing outside linebacker, something he did at times with the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. I always kind of dibbled and dabbled in the outside linebacker world, but just strictly working on outside linebacker things in practice, I feel like I'm truly get more comfortable with the position, learn a lot more techniques coming from that position and not have to learn so many different other positions. Do you know you have a lot of techniques to learn or have these guys opened your eyes up already to, hey, you've been really good at the collegiate level, but you can learn this much more? Oh uh, Yeah, they definitely, it's always room for improvement coming from Georgia. It was a lot of techniques that we went over, but also coming here, like at Georgia, we ran a lot of techniques, but once I got here, break down a lot of those techniques that I learned at Georgia and just put them into a family and focus on that one thing. How did it feel to drop the cover? It like you wanted to tackle. Uh, it felt good to drop back the covers. I did it at Georgia, so I'm, kind of, I'm used to it. But now I'm working on it a lot more, getting 707, so I get a lot more comfortable with dropping instead of just dropping every now and then. What have the last, since we last spoke to you right after the first day of the draft, what have the last few weeks been like for you? Is it focused on finding a house? Has it been working out with other guys here? What have you been up to? Uh, me, i just been grinding. Like once I, after all that was over, I just went back to college, Georgia, uh, rehab. They had all my nutrition stuff, so I just went back there and continued putting the work in. Were there some of the other guys that had just been drafted that were there? What was kind of that experience? Uh, it was definitely a great experience getting to seeing, seeing a lot of the guys at least one more time. I had Jordan Davis out there working out with me, Devontae Wyatt. So, you know, just that brotherhood that we had at the University of Georgia, we all bond, we all communicate with each other like, hey, let's go work out, get this work today. And uh, just having those guys there to push you like, I really didn't have to work out just because, I mean, I wasn't doing nothing at the time, but just having those guys around made it a lot easier to go out there in the heat and have some fun and work on ball. Now to the 27th overall selection, linebacker Devin Lloyd. As expected, he's excited to be on the practice field. That's why I was training. You know, that's why I was um, getting with Jason, and I'm mean, even training before that. Um, I got to do something football-related. Um, so whether it be mentally, athletically, like on the field, or um, doing doing something, you know, that's, uh, you know, helping me and, um, making me better. So. Don't they say you're supposed to take a break for a little bit? Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like for me right now, it's the time where, you know, you don't really, I always, you know, pace myself to make sure I don't burn out. But at the same time, you know, I, I got to do something. That's why if it's not, you know, on the field physically, then it'll be something mentally, you know, that'll kind of be, you know, my, my, my day off, or even just, you know, recovery. You know, even if I'm not doing anything, I'll, I'll take that day just to fully recover, get 100%, and that'll kind of be my day off. So I feel like me personally, I kind of understand how to pace myself, how not to burn out, but also, um, I mean, still finding a way to, you know, elevate. First impression, what do you like about the defense on paper that you've seen? Yeah, yeah, it's my first time in a 3-4, but I love it. Um, I feel like, I mean, if you look at the people that we have, and you know, I mean, this is—we don't even—we're not practicing with the vets or anything like that. But even the guys we have right now, um, you know, everybody's athletic, and you know, everybody has to do a lot of things, which um, fits to my skill set. Um, you know, and I, I just love what um, you know the coaches have going on here, as far as what they're asking the players to do, how we're attacking um, offenses, and you know, really our mentality as a defense. You know, um, I really—I like what we got going on. What does that change for you to three-four? Not a whole lot. It's mainly the front. You know, I mean, even then we still have, um, you know, a nickel, we call it 4-2 front. So, um, I mean, we, we can swap. We've been doing that. So, um, but yeah, the 4-3, um, you know, that's, or 3-4, excuse me, that's a little bit newer. But at the same time, it's not, you know, too much of a difference, really. Luke Fortner was the 65th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the center out of Kentucky. 
Yeah, just trying to stay up on drills and conditioning. And, you know, I'd like to say I conditioned enough, but I got out there and clearly it wasn't enough. So, <laughs> no, it's, you know, just been trying to work as hard as I can and uh, be ready to get here. So, have you seen your, your, your versatility, you know, from, from what you did at Kentucky? kind of translating here to be able to easier learn the playbook and, and things like that. Yeah, definitely. I think the minute you can understand the plays from more than one position, it becomes easier all around. And uh, just being able to be on the line at any position and either helping guys or, or being helped at a different position, I mean, it, it goes miles for learning the playbook and being ready to be in on game day. Coach Peterson said after you were drafted that, you know, he thought you did all the things at Kentucky in their run game that they do here. Have you kind of just early looks at the playbook, kind of seen some similarities between what you did at Kentucky and what you'll be asked to do here? Yeah, 1,000%. I see plays and I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I've done that. I know what it is, just a different name and just getting the terminology down. And obviously it's, you know, way more complex than anything we did at Kentucky, but at the core it's very similar and that's it's nice to fall back on. And, and then just how big of an advantage do you think that is playing in a, you know, a college scheme that really prepared you for the NFL like that? I know, you know, the coordinators with Los Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Liam Cohen is a freaking genius. I mean, he, you know, he, I sit in a meeting room and he says things and I just like scratch my head a little bit. I'm like, what? Uh, but obviously he knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, fifth year didn't have a pro style offense and wasn't, you know, a super highly touted prospect and six year had a pro offense and you know here I am so it definitely helps a lot and finally Wyoming linebacker Chad Mumo was selected only five spots later than Fortner and getting on the field and back to actual football was a relief yeah you know, it was awesome you know finally being able to put on you know a Jacksonville helmet and uh, run around out there with some of the other guys and just communicate and kind of get that first day out of the way it was really awesome now were you mostly I mean I kind of saw you and Devin were doing a little bit Mike, each kind of sharing that role. What was it like first day out there knowing that the two of you can add such versatility to that linebacking room? No, it was great, you know, having Devin and I out there and being able to really communicate and, you know, really communicate with each other and really push each other. That's kind of something that we, you know, talked about going into today. And, you know, from here on out, it's just to push each other every single day to, you know, really get ourselves better and always just that communication aspect where we're making both the calls and, you know, we're having that leadership on both sides of the defense. I think that was huge today also. When you got the call, uh, when you first learned that the Jaguars had drafted you, uh, did you have any inkling at all about how you would fit? And if so, and has that changed now that you're actually here and you've been in meetings and you just kind of get a lay in the land a little bit? Yeah, initially it was you know really kind of a real surprise for me because I saw that they took you know Devin Lloyd in the first round, and so you know at that time my mind was thinking, okay, they got their linebacker. Um, I'm not going to be going there, and they're the ones that you know ended up giving me the call, and so. You know, I was really thankful to have that. And I wasn't sure how it was all going to work now. But, you know, after going through the meetings and being able to, you know, kind of go through those different positions um, and, you know, be able to kind of flip between Devin and I, uh, it's, it's good now. It's just still kind of getting that feel for it. Chad, you go to Wyoming. Do you think NFL was a possibility, like, as you're coming out of high school and, and that, or did it materialize somewhere down the road at Wyoming? It was definitely in the back of my mind a little bit. And I think it definitely materialized a little bit when I saw, you know, Andrew Winger, Dewey, uh, have a success here at Jacksonville. Then, you know, a couple, uh, Marcus Epps was drafted that year as well. Then it really... Uh, came to fruition when, you know, Logan Wilson was, you know, going through his draft process and he got drafted by, you know, Cincinnati and I was playing with him and alongside of him my second year and, you know, seeing what he did and, uh, you know, the opportunity that I had ahead of me, that's really when it kind of came to me. All the press conferences and coverage of Jaguars rookie minicamp available on Jaguars.com and the Jags social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Listen to all our podcasts at Jaguars.com. Click the link at the top of the homepage that says, yes, podcasts. Or you can also go where our podcasts also live, the official Jaguars Podcast Network. That's on iHeartRadio, Apple 
Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We love feedback, so leave us comments and a five-star rating. Enjoy the weekend, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.